can't get enough eye-popping, jaw-dropping, heart-stopping reality TV? Yeah! Then head to Hey You, home of reality on demand. Stream and download the latest episodes from shows like Keeping Up with the Kardashians and The Real Housewives, same day as the US. It's like a dream come true. Or binge old faves like The Simple Life and The Hills. That's hard. Hey You, reality on demand. Get the app to start your 30-day free trial and let the binge sesh begin. I will be in Las Vegas um, all summer next year with my Michael Jackson impersonation residency. Hello, welcome to episode, I don't even know, is it maybe 35 of the Boytime podcast. Um, Dave, how are you feeling today? Oh, there is no Dave Elliott today. That's why there was silence there. Uh, it's me, I'm Shane, I'm hosting the podcast myself because Dave has decided that he wants to go and spend time with his pregnant girlfriend, which if you ask me, just smacks of selfishness. You know, why couldn't he just come back to record the podcast and then go back down to her? I just don't understand what's what's got into him, like why is he turned into this monster? who's prioritising, you know, his girlfriend and his unborn child and his, I mean, his happiness, you know, he works, he works a full-time job and he does stand-up as well. He needs to focus on the podcast. I don't know, maybe I'll ring him, I'll ring him during the podcast and see what he's, uh, what he's getting up to. He says he's done in County Kerry, but, you know, there's every chance he's in San Francisco by himself. I think maybe he's told his girlfriend that me and him are doing a gig somewhere and he's just gone to San Francisco to blow off some steam. And when I say blow off some steam, I of course mean blow off some sort of very young, very smooth Thai boy. Um, who isn't underage, but looks very, very young. You know, like, a, I think Dave would be in the a very, very short Thai man with a very, very thin moustache. Um... I think I, th- I think that's that's maybe what's happening. I'd like it if if he was if he actually was in Kerry and was also on the side um, using the services uh, of a little male Thai escort. And that's not me saying like Thai, all Thai people are small at all. It's just this particular um, rent boy in my head, um, which is a sentence I'm weird about saying, um, is just very very thin. I think uh, that uh, Dave gets him to call him Mr. David and um, pretends that it's his... Uh, Dave says, I'll introduce him to his people. He says, this is, my, this is my manager. This is just my comedy manager. Mr. David. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is my client, Mr. Mm. David. Sorry, I thought that was Dave texting me. Um, yeah, I'll I'll give I'll give Dave a ring. He's apparently down in County Kerry. He's, he says he's away to the Ring of Kerry, Matron, uh, to see some scenery. I went there last year. Met a dolphin, not an American football player from the Miami Dolphins, but an actual dolphin. When I say meet, you know, I wasn't formally introduced to him. We didn't have a conversation. I was in a boat that drove past a dolphin. Which I loved. I thought it was great. It's the same dolphin as well, but you know that that could also be you know a lie. You know, it could just be a different dolphin every time. I don't I don't know if people would know. We did some um, we did some gigs last week when we talked about them in the last podcast. We were literally on our way out the door to do them, but we were in Enniskillen and Oma, and then Oma. And I was in London by myself on uh, on Saturday. So we did Enniskillen. I'll go through them one by one. Enniskillen was on Thursday. And so I, pl- I played in Enniskillen before. Neil Dugan runs a gig in Enniskillen. That is packed every month in a bar called Blakes of the Hollow. And I've done it twice. The first time I did it, it was alright. It was grand. Second time I did it about a year ago, 
you know, some comedians will go, oh, I didn't really get a laugh when I did, did my set. When I say I didn't get a laugh, I mean for 20 minutes when I did my set last year, I did not get a laugh. Like at no point did I get a laugh during my set. But, I st- you know, I should have just done five minutes and got off. But I just thought, well, you know, if you're going to not laugh at my stuff, then I'm, I'm going to talk for my full time. So I did my whole set. It was just, it was a nightmare gig. You try and bring it back, do you know what I mean? Like if you don't start well, you think, well, this next bit of material might get them. Get them but uh, none of it did. So I went up to banish the ghosts of last time around and we were playing in a in a bar in Oma, or in, in a skillin on Thursday and we got there at about a quarter past nine. Dave was giving me a lift up and we got there at about a quarter past nine. Doors had been open from half eight and there was about, you know, four people there. And I thought, well, maybe there's a bar next door and then they'll just come in two minutes before the show starts. Yeah, there is a bar next door, but also there was there was there was nobody in there. Um, so it's one of those ones where Connor Keyes, who was running it, sort of said, "We'll see how we go." You know what I mean? We'll give it a few minutes, and we'll see we'll see how we go. It was quite a funny moment before the gig started, where it's maybe ten minutes until showtime, and Connor said, "Listen." I don't think we're going to get a crowd in, you know, because the venue holds about 120 and there was maybe going to be 12 people there. And I've done less at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. I've, I've done one hour of stand-up to three people. You know, I have no bother doing it, but I can totally understand how you wouldn't want to do it. It would just be awkward or whatever. Um, so Connor said, listen, we might not do the show. And I said, come on, guys. Guys, come on. You know, I was really trying to... You know when you see, like, Bear Grylls survival program and stuff of all those random people, like the reality show where they're all out in the wild? It was like a, there was going to be a mutiny in camp, and I, I stepped up. I was like, guys, come on. We can we can do it. Look around at the talent we have in this room. Yeah? Me. Dave Elliott. Connor Keyes. Darren Matthews, yeah, we can we can do this. We can give these people an Enniskill and a laugh. And then Connor said, but also, if the show doesn't go ahead, we will still get paid. And I said, yeah, well then, let's not, let's not, do, let's not do the show. My integrity, I had integrity for, hmm, four seconds. And then when it became clear that we would also be paid if the show didn't go ahead, I, 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 I yeah, I, I could be home at 10 if that's the case. Eating, uh, eating my cereal in bed. But I said, you know, let's let's do it. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. So we gave it a go, and um, a couple more people showed up. There was maybe 20 people, and it was a big old room, and it was so hard. It was so hard. I mean, you probably had half the people there wanted to see the show. They'd come out for the comedy. You had half the people there who you know, the bar staff had brought in from next door or whatever or had been sort of forced into going by their mates. So those gigs are always difficult. And, uh, you know, it was a struggle. I got to say, I didn't, I didn't hate it. You know, I actually enjoyed it. Like there's times when I'll go up when maybe everything about it says that it should be terrible. And, you know, you maybe have to play it a different way than you normally do. You maybe have to address the fact that there's nobody here and the night hasn't gone well. And you try things and sometimes you can actually you can actually turn it around. You can actually have a good set. And I was supposed to do half an hour. And for the first 20 minutes, I actually had a really good time. I enjoyed it for what it was. And uh, there was a, a drunk woman at the bar... And she had her back to the stage. So we could obviously see everyone. All the seats were laid out. But this woman, and I'm guessing it was her husband, sat with her backs to us really, sort of side on. And after the show, um, Chrissy, who was doing the door, said that this couple had just come in for cocktails. So they weren't even coming in for the show. You know, they, they, they came in and he said, oh, it's six pound in, it's comedy. And they said, she said, well, I just want cocktails, but they were happy to pay in. 
right? They were, they were you know, dollar, dollar bills they were paying in. So I do a bit of material, about, and as you guys know, I, I moved out of home recently into like my first proper house with my girlfriend, and um, y- you know, I talked about that all the time, and I did material about that, I did material about moving out, and then later in my set, I did a bit of material about looking after my mum's house when she goes on holiday, like looking after my wee brother. So the starting material is something like, you know, so I was looking after my house when, you can tell it's a great bit. I said, uh, I was looking after my house when my mum went away on holiday, I was minding my brother. And all of a sudden, this woman decided to get involved with the show and she shouts across the room. She says, oh my God, you're 29, you still live at home. That's so trash, so sad. I feel work for you. And it's one of those ones where, you know, you cut someone like that down, right? She's decided to get involved with the show. You know, you're getting called out. You know, you have to you have to put someone down. You've got to go go in hard. So, I sort of had a bit of a, a bit of back and forth with her, and you know, I'll be honest, I threw out some great lines. You know what I mean? Like I really played it well, and I mugged her off. But it was such a low energy night. And by that point, everybody just really wanted to go home, I guess. So even that was getting nothing. And people just sort of wanted her to, to be quiet. I just wanted to do my show and go home. Um, but I was definitely like trying to be as funny as I could. And uh, she said, I bought my own house. She was about 47, right? She goes, I just bought my own house. Which is fine. You just bought your own house at 47. That's f- <laughs> I don't care. But she was making out that the fact that I was 29 living at home was so sad. But the more defensive I got about the fact that I didn't live at home anymore, the more it made it look like he probably does still live at home. And she said, I said, where, where did you buy your house then? And she said, Bambridge. I just bought a house in Bambridge. So, you know, I did a couple of stock lines about, uh, about that. And she just got really angry. You know, and some usually when people heckle, they just want to have a laugh with you, and you have to sort of remind them that listen, it's me with a microphone. You know, you be quiet, sort of thing. But you do it in a playful way. But this woman was just so angry, and it it sort of put it meant the night ended on a bad note. You know, maybe only had five minutes of stand up after that. But yeah, it was it was tough work. It was tough work, and uh, the guy <laughs> the guy who owned the bar said to the boys that were running it, he said, I haven't really been able to promote tonight because uh, I'm just back from two cruises. Oh, sweet, yeah, I mean, promoting things is overrated. You know, I find it's best to just let people guess that there might be some stand-up on in, a, in an unknown place and hope they come out. So there was no there was no promotion done for it. I think he'd been running competitions beforehand at the shows that he'd done to get people in and they'd been fairly packed. But shocker, this one wasn't. And he was talking to me and Dave after. And he said, aye, it was packed. We had a, what do you call him in? And I said, oh, Colin Geddes? Because that is who it was. And he said, no, no, no. And I went, oh, right. And he goes, um, had your man, <laughs> had your man Connor Glass in? And I said, that's that's not even nearly his name. That's not even close to it. He goes, aye, Connor Glass. We did a competition and all for that, and we really we got the papers involved and all. But uh, he goes, he looked us in the eye and he genuinely said, but guys, self-promotion works both ways. You know, promotion works both ways. You, you boys need to be doing your bit. Uh, we'd been promoting the gig on the biggest podcast in the world for about five weeks before, so you can't say we did. I mean, five weeks, we're getting eight million listeners a week, five times eight. You know, that's 700 million listeners that we reached out to. And still, we could only get 20 people on Enniskillen. It, it was tough going, but fair play to anyone that showed up and, you know, was there for the comedy. I, I felt bad for those people because you didn't really get to see a proper a proper show. Um, So it's one of those ones, it takes like an hour and 40 to get to Enniskillen. So we got home at like 2 in the morning. And I love gigging in Oma, right? Oma is... The comedy capital in Northern Ireland, if if you ask me, it's always brilliant. They have a, an amazing comedy audience, and Connor and Chrissy have been booking shows there for years. So, I almost wasn't looking forward to that as much as I normally would because 
the Enniskillen gig was such a nightmare. So we were in Bogans and Oma on Friday night and it was amazing. It was class. It was packed out. It was like standing room only. Um, did the, did about 40 minutes of the new show and had an absolute ball. And it was great and Dave enjoyed it. Sergey Davidson was on as well. Stormed it. It was class. So it was nice that we had a good gig to balance out the night before. Um, almost great. Me and Dave had a big tiff afterwards because there. I mean, you know, there's 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 sexual tension between us. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny that. But we always <laughs> we always have a tiff when other people are around. Me and Dave, you know what I mean. Like everyone can see that we love each other, but we do always have a tiff. And he was raging at me because I went overtime on my set. But I was the last person on, so it's. I'd already said to Connor, who books it, Connor Keys. I said, you know, can I do a bit longer if I need to? Or if, if it's going well? And he said, yeah, you can go on at three in the morning. Now you're obviously not going to do that. But I was booked to do 30 to 40 minutes, so I thought I might do 50 if it goes well. And I came off and I realised I'd done 55 because you're enjoying yourself on stage. You're maybe having a bit of fun with the audience, so the set goes on longer than you plan. So I did 55. And I went backstage. They lay on like a wee room for you backstage. And Dave was huffing his wee pants off because he wanted to get home. Which I get, you know what I mean? I get it. But he said to me about, you ran over time, you did 55. But the reason then I got annoyed is because your boy here never runs over time. He never, ever runs out of time. Or (laughs) over time. Um, I do my set time and then I get off. And so many people always go over. I stick to my time because I wear a watch on stage and I look at it occasionally. And I, that night I was having fun and I just fancied doing a wee bit longer and sometimes mummy needs to enjoy herself. So I fancied just, oh, I'm so bloody sorry that it did longer. Sorry, not sorry, Dave. You know? So we had a tiff. Not a real tiff, but... We really bitched each other backstage. And Sarah J. Davidson has never, I don't think, done a gig with me and Dave before. Um, I've only met her a couple of times. And uh, I think backstage she thought that, oh my God, these guys are having a proper argument. Because we do have arguments, but we don't actually mean it, if you know what I mean. Like, there never is bad feeling. But we do have a bit of a go with each other. Like, we don't raise our voices or anything. But, um, yeah, I think she maybe thought, like, oh God, this is awkward. But... We resolved it pretty quick. But Dave started eating brandy balls and calling people man quite a lot. He's, yeah, I don't know why he's got into this, but yeah, he likes to suck brandy balls and um, you know, say like, all right, man, what's happening? And it's so it's so weird. I have no doubt that he's down in County Kerry right now, you know, talking to t- other tourists and co- talking to tour guides and calling them man. I have no doubt he's doing that. He's the weirdest weirdest guy you know sometimes i see video comments dave leaves and facebook and comments on instagram and stuff and he it's like he's having banter with himself i always i always tell him this and it sticks out in my head so much is when we were in la and the plane landed and the the captain said welcome to welcome to los angeles (laughs) i don't know i don't know why the pilot is uh littlefinger from game of thrones Hello, welcome to Los Angeles. Um, I'll talk about him later. But when the pilot said that, I looked over at Dave, who didn't know I was looking at him. There's no way he knew I was looking at him. And he was doing this wee face to himself, this wee, like, ooh, like excited face. And his eyebrows were all raised and all. And he didn't know. <laughs> he, didn't, he definitely didn't know I was looking at him. And then I said to him after, you made this face when we landed. And uh, he goes, Oh, did I? And uh, I just always think of that face now. And he, th- and he died Dave's by himself, I have no doubt. Like, if he's on that dolphin trip and he sees a dolphin, he'll definitely make that, ooh that wee face to himself. Or if his wee Tyrant boy does some, like, new sweet sex move, I have no doubt Dave will be above the covers going, ooh. You like Mr. David? <laughs> mm. So on... Uh, Saturday night I was in London. I was a bit worried about that one because ticket sales were quite low. I guess it's uh, you know a popular time for people to be on holiday and stuff. 
middle of the summer in London. Um, the venue I always play is called Museum of Comedy. It's really central. It's in Oxford Street, and um, I was I was just nervous because I think we to- it holds about seventy, and I think we sold twenty four tickets during the week, and that's definitely enough to do a good show. But you know, it was the first time doing my new stand up show, so I I was hoping it would be packed, and luckily. By the time the show rolled around, people buying tickets on the night and stuff, it was packed. It was packed out. So cheers to everyone who came to that at a ball. It was the first time I've done the new R of the show, start to finish. And I need to move some wee things about. You know, that's the benefit of doing the show so early. Because obviously I'm building up towards Ulster Hall shows in November. They're the big ones. But this was a good chance to stretch the legs of the show, and I'm I'm happy with it. You know, there if nothing else, there is an hour stand up there. But not, I say nothing else. It was it was a, from my point of view, it was a brilliant night, and um, yeah, I really really enjoyed it. During the day, I went to a football match. I went to see QPR play Reading, just for something to do. You know, I had like a couple hours to kill, and I hate sitting about getting nervous. Um. So I decided to go and do that, and yeah, it was good. Connor Washington, who plays for Northern Ireland, he was playing for Queen's Park Rangers, he's a striker. And I sent him a message the night before, saying I'm coming to the match. Um, You know, he offered me some corporate tickets, but I said, no, I'm a man of the people, Connor, and I'll be in and amongst the real fans. You know? Um... But, you know, great guy. I'd done a video with him the week before. And uh, he said he could sort some tickets. But in seeing, like, boxes and stuff like that, and that's not me being, like, I'm always in a corporate box. I've maybe been in a corporate box a couple of times. I've been quite a lot. But, um, it's not like seeing a show, you know. I don't think you get, like, the real atmosphere. If you're sitting behind some glass watching something or... you. You know, you almost end up watching it on the wee TV screens they have in there. So, so I was down in the trenches with uh, with the, with the people. Uh, where <laughs> you know the way you see Asian people walk about London with a white white masks on. Yeah, I, I had the white mask on, obviously. But um, I, I always think people, and I think it's Chinese people. Um, <laughs> I don't know why this sounds like it's borderline racist, even though it isn't, because they actually do. Like quite a lot of people, Chinese people do walking about London where we face masks for germs, I just think they always look like they're going to start uh, body popping, you know, like, you know, dancing, break dancing or whatever. Like they should have wee matching white gloves and they're going to do, um, you know that song that goes, maybe they are all just waiting for one big massive meetup in uh you know, it's at Buckingham Palace or something, they're going to do that. Um, anyway, I went to see the match, messaged Connor the night before, and I said, yo, mate, <laughs> I didn't say that. I said, you're going to score in the first half. What does he do? Scores two in the first half. Loving it. Absolutely buzzing. Bought a wee Queen's Park Rangers mug, which I'm drinking out of now, at half time in the match. And and then he had to go off injured in the second half. Um. But I don't think it's too serious. So I had a really good time watching that. Second tier of English football. Enjoyed it. And I thought, hey, my show's at 7 o'clock tonight. It goes on for an hour. Finish at 8. I'll say thank you to everyone for coming outside. If people hang about or whatever, want to take a few photos, whatever. Um, I'll have enough time to get back to my hotel. Because I was staying in Gatwick Airport. Which I'm definitely going to talk a bit about more in a second. Because it was the best experience of my entire life. Um... So I thought, yeah, I can get back for the Football League show on Channel 5 so I can watch the match that I was at on, on TV in my hotel and I'll have a few wee biscuits and a cup of tea with some oat milk and that will cap a great trip. Um, did the show. I usually go for a pint with uh, the whole audience. If there's like 70 people, a lot of them are from Northern Ireland, I always say, let's go for a pint round the corner in a wee pub behind the venue. But I'm off the drink. Although when you, it sounds weird saying that because it sounds like I had a bad experience drinking or I had a drink problem. I, I never really drank too much, you know. I would uh, I would maybe drink once every other week or something like that. 
I don't know, I'm just not really into drinking. And it's not like I get bad hangovers or uh, I can't handle my drink, you know. I just like to have a couple of a couple of drinks. I don't really like the feeling of getting drunk too much. Um, but I definitely enjoy a couple of pints. But anyway, I just I'm I'm going to a wedding in a couple of weeks abroad, so I'll have I'll definitely have some drinks at that. But so I wasn't going for a drink after the show, so I thought I'd spend ten minutes just chatting to everyone after the show. But it, it ended up being about an hour. My mate Tom came down from Oxford. He's a, like a student doctor there. So I was hanging out with him after the show and then uh, speaking to everyone. He and you'll find with the London gigs that the same people come back. You know, there's 10 or 12 people who when I'm gigging in London will usually do their best to make it along. So I always like chatting to chatting to those people to see how they're getting on as well um, in London because you sort of get to know like what jobs they do out there and stuff. So... Um, it was good, but I ended up stopping the chat for an hour. I didn't even realise I'd been there for an hour, but I got carried away talking to everyone who hung about. Um, and then I got the Gatwick Express to Gatwick Airport. So I, st- I quite a lot of the time I'll book like a 7am flight home the day after a gig. I'll go for a couple of drinks, maybe get to Gatwick at like 1 or 2am, and then I'll just sleep there for like four hours in like the Costa or whatever, you know what I mean? I'll just put my headphones in, get the head down for a couple of hours. But then I found out there's a hotel in Gatwick Airport. And I don't mean like, yeah, yeah, sure, there's travel lodges around it. There's hotels around the airport, maybe 10, 15 minutes away. But there's also a hotel in the airport. What do you, what, what do you mean? What? Like, oh, so it's like attached to the airport? No, 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 no. See, in the airport... There's a hotel. Shane, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not following you. Okay, built in the Gatwick Airport. There's a hotel. Oh, like at the entrance? Nope. Right beside security. I don't believe you. Well, I'm telling the truth. It's weird. I'm having a conversation with myself back and forth. Um, yeah, I paid like seventy quid, which for that you would probably be lucky to get, you know, a wee travel lodge somewhere not handy in London and as soon as gig was over jumped on the Gatwick Express stayed in the airport I got there the rooms are tiny but they're just somewhere to put your head down in the airport Um, there's a wee iPad in the room that controls the lights the blinds so your window just looks out at all the planes outside Um, and there's a wee TV there so I thought Godded I've missed the Football League show at 9 o'clock on Channel 5 Hmm, do they have Channel 5 plus one per chance? Hmm, yes. Yep. You know, this place was so good, they probably had Channel 5 plus two, Channel 5 plus three, Channel 5 plus 24. You know, this was the... It's called Block Hotel. Sounds like I'm advertising it. I'm not. I haven't given me any money. Um, But it's the first time I've ever felt compelled to send an email to a hotel while in the hotel saying, this is brilliant. I love it, so I'm just always going to stay there now. In the hotel. I woke up in the morning, an hour and a half before my flight. I got a shower. I got changed. I left the hotel room, and I was going through security, not exaggerating, within 0.4 seconds. From I woke up in my bed to being on the plane, six minutes. Six you know, they may as well come and pick you up like a wee baby from your bed and then just throw you straight, like put you on a slide and you just slide into your airplane seat. Convenience, comfort, the dream. So that's what I'm always going to do. And after the gig, loads of people, God bless them, loads of people that came to the show were like, you know, we're going out for a couple of pints here. My, a friend of the show, Michael Jardine, you're goddamn right, he was there. With uh, his lady friend in inverted commas, <laughs> I think I think it actually is his girlfriend. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. Um, he was there. It's quite a funny moment. He tweeted me um, the day of the show and said, "Is there tickets left?" And I said, "You betcha, there is loads." And uh, then I messaged him after he told me he'd bought the tickets, and I said, "You know, you've heard all this material before." And he said, "I thought it was a new show," and I said, "It is a new show, but you know." 
you've been seeing me doing new material recently. This is just that put into a show. Uh, and I think he was disappointed. No, hopefully he he, uh, he enjoyed himself. But he said to me after the gig, him and his lady friend were going to, I think it was South Bank or something, for a load of drinks. And he said, you're more than welcome to join. And I said, because I'd said to him in the venue, he said, what are you up to now? And I said, I'm, I'm on my way to Gatwick Airport to watch the Football League show in my hotel room with a packet of biscuits and a cup of tea. And then he sent me the message after he left saying, you know, we're going for drinks, join us. And I had the message him and say, no, seriously, that is actually what I'm doing. The reality of life is I am now on my way to Gatwick Airport to have a wee biscuit and watch a football league show on Channel 5. And it was brilliant. I loved it. I loved it. But when I was getting on the Gatwick Express to go to the gig, it was quite late at night to get the train. I had a whole carriage to myself. Uh, you know, just complete silence. And it was nice because I was able to, you know, reflect on the gig, um, which is great. I was able to think about, right, what would I change next time and what do I need to shuffle around? And then all of a sudden, 70 Italian children descended on my carriage and sat all around me, um, which I hated. I absolutely hated because they seemed to be having a competition to all speak louder than the person who had just spoken. In Ital- I'm not annoyed they were speaking in Italian. That's obviously their first language, but it was just so annoying. And I was I was sort of looking at them as if to say, "Can you like what is Italian for shut the fuck up?" I was giving them that, you know, I'm 29 years old and I'm not appreciating this level of noise. Look, um, so I had to bear that for about half an hour. But yeah, my London trip was great. I'm going to be back for two nights in October in the same venue. So. If you're going to be there, um, definitely come along to that and the show will be even stronger. I forgot to say when I was in London, I was leaving the football match and uh, there was a couple of American tourists. I left like five minutes early before the game had ended to make sure I got to the venue in time. Heard some American tourists ask tourists. I heard some American tourists um asking for directions to White City, which is the tube stop nearest the ground, so that they could presumably get into central London. And I, you know, I'd use Google Maps to get from White City to the ground, so I thought I knew where I was going. And I didn't even look at them, and I went, White City, guys, is it? Follow me. Don't know why I turned into a real helpful dad. Follow me. So they were like, oh, great. And they stopped talking to the person they were talking to, and ended up just walking about 15 feet behind me. Um. So I'm just walking to the thing. I've got Google Maps on the go. And when I zoomed in on the wee Google Maps man on my phone, I got that terrible sense of seeing him walking further away from the wee blue road he's supposed to walk down. My Google Maps man looked drunk. You know what I mean? He wasn't going where he was supposed to go. He was staggering about. Uh, So I realised I wasn't going the right way. And because I'd been so adamant that I knew where I was going, I couldn't turn around to these guys and say, listen, we're lost. So I just continued to walk for about 15 minutes when it should have taken eight to get to where I needed to go, according to Google Maps. And I just kept walking. And then I had to start thinking. I was walking just around the the suburbs. We were totally lost. And I genuinely thought, right, I'm going to have to just run down some lane here. (laughs) I'm going to have to get a wee bit more ahead of them, turn a corner and just run away and let them figure it out themselves. Because I don't want to say, guys, we're lost. But eventually we came to Shepherd's Bush and there was a wee tube stop called Shepherd's Bush Market. And I turned around and went, Are we cool guys? That's us. And they said, uh, we were looking for White City. And I went, trust me, this is a wee shortcut. I turned into a real, real Northern Irish dad. And they gave me that look as if to say, you have not helped us, you prick. We realise you're lost. And now we're lost. And I just gave them a wee nod and went about my day. Um... So I need to stop trying to help people in uh, in London. Hey, big news, guys. I'm getting a shed. Yeah. I'm getting a shed. Do you have a shed? Yeah. I've got a shed. Do you? Um, I need a shed to store my lawnmower and all the cash I'm making for stand-up. Um, so I'm getting a shed. But I feel like I've reached, that is a level of manhood I never thought I would reach. 
where I have a shed. But I need stuff. What do I need from a shed? Do you need tools and all that? I'll be honest, I don't have any tools. I have like Christmas cracker tools. Do you know what I mean? Like if you want to unscrew a very, very small screw, come and speak to me and I'll sort you out. So I'm getting a shed. Um, that's all really. Um, I I do not know why I've told you that. Um, but there you go. You're going to have to deal with it. I'm going to do listeners' questions. Um and then I'm gonna talk about. I'm gonna talk about. We used to do a feature called "What Angers." In fact, do you know what angers me? So I'll talk about that. I'll ring Dave Elliott here. Um, I'll ring Dave Elliott. Let's see what uh, Papa Bear's up to. We haven't arranged this phone call, so hopefully um, he picks up. Let's find out what's really going on. Oh, it's ringing. Probably too busy getting sucked off by a very, very short time man. Hello? Hello, you're on the podcast. Don't say anything um, that will implicate us in any crimes. Oh, okay. So I was just about to spill the beans. Actually, I'm glad you had so. Can you turn your phone up a wee bit? Yeah, hold on. Is that better? Yeah, in no way. Um, how's, the, how's the trip going, mate? How, how's the trip going, mate? My reception's doing great here. How, how's the trip going? God, this is that's fucking good, great podcast. Better. Yeah, that's better. Oh, you phoning me on your stupid uh, reception in the middle of the countryside, not me. Um, how's the how's the tie boy? The tie boy? Yeah. He's good. He's just tied up at the minute. <laughs> The chapter of your memoirs about this is going to be called Tied Up, T-H-A-I, apostrophe D. Yeah. Um, so, yeah so, I, do you miss me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, do you, no, I fucking said, do you miss me? Oh, uh, yeah, well, I did up until that little bit of sassiness there, yes. I was just saying that you and I had an argument when we were in Oma, um, about me running over time on stage, and I just think this might be a nice moment for you to apologise. No, it's okay. Um, no, nah, just, well, just, just a quick sorry. Um, no, nah, I'm not, so um, I'm not going to bother apologising. Um, but how's the podcast going? How do you feel it's been? I, I feel it's been, it's been good. It's essentially been a, a lonely man talking for 37 minutes, so I'm going to chat to you. What? I'm, what? What? Do you want to do a feedback? No. Hey, sure, I, I can think of one for you real quick if you wish. Nah, it's not the same. Sure, we'll wait till you get back. Well, that's dead. I'll do it next week anyway. I'll be fine. Um, yeah, so tell me what you've been up to just quickly. Um, well, we got down. We've, we've travelled down uh, on Saturday. And then we went and we've been to Ken there. We've been to Kinsale, we've been to, well, Limerick, well, that's it, but um, we great did job. a nice carry yesterday, it's a nice sight, great, it's good, great job, um, lots of nice pictures, got lots of photos, you know, just great time today, went to Safari Park, which is amazing. Are you still eating brandy balls, you freak? Yeah, well, actually, this is a great story, there was a, uh, Specially old school sweetie shop, which I got to go in and get a proper quarter of brandy balls. So I've got brand new brandy balls, and they're great. I'll bring you some home, actually. You'll turn into a brandy ball, mister. I, I know. I definitely will. That's all I've done, is being brandy balls. Oh, but did, did I tell you a story about the old man in the toilet? Um, no. I, I had a restaurant, and I met the good in the toilet, and I was like, in our side of nowhere, it was in Smee, is it? Sneem, sorry, <laughs> Sme, Sneem, whatever. And uh, he went down these, these stairs, and there's like just two doors, one for a man, one for a woman. And the, the man just said fake and dormant, so I thought, grand. Went to open it, it was just some old dude. Doing a shit with Billy out of the bowl. What do you mean? So instead of the traditional um, penal 
tuck in to the toilet bowl. He had uh, just. He'd obviously done it, and he just had the thought, you know, I've got too, too much meat here to fit in the bowl, but I'm going out. So, uh, but he wasn't, he was not, he was like, hey, here. I was like, come on, man, close the door, not like, oh. he's like, at ease, bro. <laughs> you know, it was very funny. Nice. And uh, I didn't wait for him to finish and come out before I could. Yeah. yeah, you're maybe breaking up a bit, right? I'll let you go and we'll we'll uh, record the podcast next week. Right, God bless you and I accept your apology and I'll speak to you soon. No, 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 I didn't apologise. I didn't apologise, but I'll see you later. Oh, I hung up. The fucking gap tooth Pavarotti looking bastard. Um, now, good chatting to him. It's actually one of my best friends, so um, yeah. Well, the podcast will properly be back next week, but it's been fun doing it by myself. Uh, as you you'll all be aware, I used to do the very successful Shane Toddcast, um, which was described by the New York Times as decent. Um, so yeah, it's been fun doing it by myself, but I definitely missed the Big Bear. But it's nice not doing a week of tweet back. I'll actually be able to sleep tonight. Um, I'm going to do listeners' questions. I think I'll wrap up with that. I'll do listeners' questions. Um, Furby number one, let me know when the podcast goes up, please. Um, you know, that's a, that's a weird podcast question. Yo, any questions? Yeah, when will this be available? Um, Furby number one, I will let you know when it becomes available in a general post. I can't, you know, it wouldn't be feasible time wise for me to individually let everyone know when the podcast up. So just keep your just keep your eye out. Just keep your eye out. Cheers. Joel Meredith, if you had to pick a five aside team made up of really calm footballers who have been it, Joel, I think we've had that question before about the most common footballers. So I, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna answer that. Um Cymbalina, I missed your question there. Um that came that came through in Snapchat. Um, Ross Cullen said, "Oh, <laughs> controversial question from Ross." Um, he says, "Dairy milk or Galaxy chocolate?" And he's included a picture of presumably himself, and he seems to have curtains. Seems to have the curtain, the curtain hairstyle. Um, unless that's a picture he's taken of himself from 1995. Um, <laughs> no, I'm I'm just joking. That looks good. That looks good. If you're uh, if you're in a boy band in the 90s. Uh, dairy milk or galaxy chocolate? Mm, I don't eat chocolate anymore, but back in the day it would have been dairy milk, Ross, but if you had come up to me and given me some galaxy chocolate, I'd have been delighted. So not much in it between them, but I think dairy milk wins out in the end. Uh, Paul McW, a friend of the show again, says, uh, Good morning. Did you see that jogger over in London pushing the woman onto the road when there was a bus coming? What a dick move. <laughs> no, what a dick move. Not <laughs> Maybe that's what he said. What a dick move. But what I wanted to know was, what's your favourite flavour of push pop? Hashtag don't push me push a push pop. Hashtag bondia. Um, I didn't see this thing that you're talking about, but I'll look at it now. London jogger. Will I do that? London jogger. Footage of jogger pushing woman in front of the London bus on Putney Bridge. Right, so what you're saying is a man... Did he just push a woman... I'll mute the clip. He's just pushed a woman in front of... Um. Yeah, I need to see this for myself. By the way, um, if you subscribe to my YouTube channel, I just put some more videos up there. Documentary stuff of me and Dave in it. Oh my god! Oh my god! So there's a jogger just running along, and then there's a bus coming behind him, and he seems to just shove a woman. Oh, maybe she's in his road, and instead of just swerving her, he has loads of room to do so. He just shoves her, and she very nearly gets killed by a bus. Fair play to that. Bus. Who's driving that bus? Because that bus driver is a hero. That's great driving. But the bus driver or the jogger just jogs on. I'm only laughing because she didn't die, but the jogger then just jogs on. 
which is uh, in a way terrible, but in a way, you know, fair play to you. Not for doing that, but for just being able to accept her death in that moment and go, I need to finish this run because I have to be back to the office for 12. That is a definite. You know I put people post on social media. If someone writes a really sarcastic comment, they write, oh, savage. That's savage. He's a savage. But yeah, he should he should definitely go to jail for that. I don't know if that man is going to be arrested or whatever, but uh, that's not nice. What he uh, what he just did. Uh, Twitter questions. Mm. Michael Jardine, shocker. He has a question. He says, uh, "Bon dia." Having a whale of a time at the British Museum, and he's <laughs> in his photo. He's put a few pictures of whales where his eyebrows should be, which actually is funny. But if the money toad could be any other animal, what would he be? Ooh. I like the idea of the money toad being the size of a big T-Rex, but he still looks like a toad. The money toad made out of um, dollar... No, made out of like quarters, you know, like American coins. Um, And he just goes around eating all the money, because that's what I do. Career-wise, I just go around eating the money. Is there money? I'm going to eat it up. Papper and I, who was looking for a discount for the Ulster Hall show tickets, um, they're seventeen fifty or seventeen quid. Uh, I'm giving you a discount. There's shows in the program that are nearly double that for the Ulster Hall, and I was asked that I want to make them more expensive this year, and I said nope. I said a lot of my fans are tramps, and they can't afford. A lot of them. Are down and outs. A lot of my fans are um, meth addicts that live in hostels, and I want them to be able to afford tickets. Uh, yeah, no, we kept it at the same as, as last year because I'm doing two nights, so I just thought that it would be it would be unfair to raise it. And I'm aware some people will hopefully come back from last year, so I don't have to pay, have to pay more than you already did. Seventeen quid's enough to pay for a t- concert ticket of any sort. So, unfortunately, Bapper, but I think you already bought tickets anyway, so I'm glad I didn't give you a discount. He says, hey, Dick and Balls Boy, which stand-up alive or dead, you know, but I appreciate the support. Which stand-up alive or dead would you love to see? I'd love to see Richard Pryor, but preferably alive, because just going to look at his dead body would uh, make me really sad, because I love a stand-up, and I just wouldn't like to look at a dead body. But I'd love to have seen Richard Pryor in his prime. At one of his big, you know, the Richard Pryor live in concert. I'd love to have just been in the audience for that. Because that's probably my, excuse me, one of my favourite stand-up shows of all time. Andrew says, How come you haven't got a show at the Edinburgh Fringe? Uh, I've done it for the last couple of years, Andrew, but I, um, I have to go to a wedding. I mentioned earlier, I have to go to a wedding. My best friend's getting married at the end of August. And it interferes with a fringe, and it's in Malta, so I can't just nip over to it and take one day off and come back. So if you're doing the proper run at the fringe, you have to do all the dates. I think it's like the 3rd to the 28th of August. It's relentless. So um, I wouldn't be able to do that and go to his wedding, so I decided to be a good friend. And also having a break from the fringe is good sometimes, so I'll definitely do it next year, but I'm going to go over for... A couple of days. Mm, good morning. I'm going to go over for a couple of days um, in the next couple of weeks just to watch shows. Go and see uh, Mickey Bartlett and company and uh, and just enjoy being a punter and watching it. So no show this year, but it will have next year. Des Bennett, will Boytown ever be given special status as a city? Mm, I like the idea of it being a principality, Des. Because being a city would be fine, but we would still have to conform to the rules of the country. But I like the idea of us being our own country, like Monaco or the Vatican City, and we can make our own rules, like um, crimes against fashion or real crimes that you can go to jail for. You know what I mean? If you're wearing like a check shirt or bootcut jeans, 12 years. And then the death penalty. And people might say that's harsh, but that's just the way, as a country, we would operate. So... um. A city would be good, but its own country would be better. 
Seamus Whelan says, What do you really think of Dave now he's not there? P.S. We won't tell. Oh, Seamus, you cheeky wee bugger. Um, what do I really think of you? Well, this is a test for our friendship because I like to think he listened to this podcast, but if he doesn't, I can just say what I want. So I'm going to say that Dave is um, a liability. And uh, I'm going to say that if he doesn't mention this next week, our friendship... I'll do next week's podcast, right? But if during the podcast he doesn't mention this bit where I was trying to figure out if he listened to the podcast or not, then we're, we're done. Uh, but I don't want you to start at the same time, Seamus. I actually love Dave. He's the second funniest guy on this podcast. And I'd love to say I couldn't do it without him, but as we proved today, I could. He's a great guy. Now, Rob, if you could be invisible for a week, what would you do? You can choose the week. Huh? Oh, I can... Oh, right, so I can save it up for a special week. I think I've been asked that before um, on the podcast. If I was invisible for a week, um, I think I'd like to know what it would be like to be a normal person. Do you know what I mean? Because, you know, let's not kid ourselves. I can't go out in the street and live a normal life. I can't be like, you know, yourself, Niall, or, you know, Joe Bloggs. Listen, I bloody wish. I bloody wish I could go and do my shopping and uh, not get recognised. But, you know, it's like, uh, it's like David Beckham level of notoriety that I have of people following me about. You know, I just love to... Hey, I just love to go for a drink with my friends, but I just can't do that anymore because obviously I'm sort of the highest profile comedian on earth. Um, so if I could be invisible for a week, I would just do normal things, you know. I would still do the things I always do, you know, I'd have caviar um, on a yacht in... Uh, where do I go? Um, in Barbados with Elton John and David Furnish. I would still do that, but I would just like to not have my picture taken every five minutes, for God's sake. Also, on a side note, if anybody has taken any good pictures of me recently at gigs or whatever, uh, do send them on to me, and I can um, jack off over those. Craig Brennan, friend of the show, supporter of my career Craig comes to the gigs I do in London and we get a chat after and I appreciate that's something I hold dear he says who was the cutest boy in the crowd at Saturday's gig and then the cheeky wee otter has posted an emoji of a boy with his hand up uh, well Craig even if you had that's not going to influence my decision because even if you hadn't have done that it would be you you were sitting front and centre and I saw you there you know what I mean I saw you with your wee face and your shoulders and your torso and your legs and your fingers. And I thought, that's a cute boy. And in some parts of my stage, part of my show, on stage it might have looked like, uh, you know, I lost my train of thought. Maybe the very odd time. It didn't look like that. I was totally focused through it. I was really on form. But, you know, if it ever did look like I was having a, you know, a mind blank, it was because uh, I was trying to get you out of my head. Um, from now on the rule is if someone looks like you they sit at the back of the show because uh, you know you have a face sir that is uh, great Um, there was quite a few cute boys at the show on Saturday you and your friends actually were front row pretty cute Um, you were like a white JLS (laughs) you're like a white JLS Um. Yeah, there was quite a few. I love it when cute boys come to the show. You know what I mean? Drew, speaking of cute boys, Drew, so the Drew Zone. Don't think anyone wants to find their, themselves in the Drew Zone. Um, Drew, big friend of the show, says, Any more thoughts on having a guest spot in the podcast? Hashtag good morning. Hashtag friend of the show. Hashtag love a solo show. Hashtag who's making the tea. That's right. I haven't had any tea Oh no, I need Dave back. Take back whatever I said about him, I need Dave back. Um, I haven't had any tea 
while I've done the pot, I've got a cup of tea sitting here, but it was drunk long ago, many moons ago. Um, guest spots, yeah, we'd like to have guests on, but we want the right kind of guest on. You know, there's no point in just having someone on who's not going to fit with the, uh, let's just call it alternative banter that me and Dave have. Some people might feel uncomfortable whenever me and Dave are talking about sucking each other off. Um, so it has to be the right kind of person. So maybe we do like a segment with a guest or we bring them on for a wee bit of the show. Dunno, haven't figured it out. We've asked a couple of people to do it and we're just waiting for uh, a reply. But definitely um, people get in touch with who you think we should have on and we'll reach out to those people and have them on. But yeah, we've done like 30 odd episodes and we haven't had anyone on yet. So we'll we'll definitely we'll definitely get someone on Dave really wants to have actual snipper Shanky on Jason Shanky so uh and I did send him a message saying would you come on the podcast and he said yes but we didn't take it any further than that because I thought he might also think we're mental well he does because the snipper Shanky thing's got out of hand um so I don't know who we should have on I mean we'll probably have some in fact we'll have Con Geddes on a podcast um which was funny when he called around, he wasn't even supposed to be on it, but he just came on, did a wee bit, and then he had to go. Um, so, yeah, we'll definitely get we'll definitely get comedian mates on as we go, but then it would also be good to get people on who aren't comedians that are just funny or interesting or our boy George. Uh, so we'll definitely try and get those people on. Um, I want to have a rant before I finish, just as a wee at the end sort of bit. And it's about branded content and people saying, shout out to insert brand for insert product. There's definitely people on my feed, on my social media, that are giving a shout out to companies for stuff that they have just paid for. Just normally. You know, I don't go shopping at Tesco's and then give Tesco's a massive shout out for the shopping that I've just paid full price for. And I've done it. If somebody sends you something that you really like or that's really cool, there's no harm in going thank you to, for example, at Ulster Rugby for the new shirt, cheers, or whatever, or whatever way you want to word it. But it's when people are doing it all the time. It's like, I don't know, I just think your personality goes out the window and people can't... You know, if people are doing that flat out, I just don't get a sense of them as a person. I just see them as an advertising board. And I get that, okay, people are getting cool stuff out of it. I, You know, I want cool stuff. But, you know, I don't know. I just do it less and less. You know, if people say can they send you something or people do send you something, you know, I don't want to... I'm always grateful if somebody sends me something, of course. It's not that at all. But it's just when people are, you know, just want to give a shout-out. Thank you to... Thank you to... Um, at the local fruit shop for this hashtag orange hashtag vitamin c <laughs> hashtag segments <laughs> hashtag easy peel hashtag actually a clementine <laughs> ah, i cracked myself up um i don't know i don't know if that unsettles people it unsettles me at the same time if you want to send stuff to us we're going to have an address soon but we're not just going to always be like, thank you for this and that. If you want to send us cool stuff, if we like it, we'll talk about it. How's that? Um, we're going to have a mailing address soon for the podcast. And uh, the merchandise is coming along nicely, all the designs. So we'll get that up on my website soon. And I know Dave's getting his own website pretty soon as well. Friend of the show, Alex, is doing that for him. But we'll get all his details and give him a wee plug soon. Um, so... If you've enjoyed the podcast or you're a regular listener or whatever, it's not always going to be me just talking about the most random stuff. Obviously, the big dog's back next week. Uh, give us a like or a subscribe, sorry, on iTunes. Leave a review if you can, just something short. That's always appreciated. Tell your mates about the podcast if they maybe enjoy it on their way to work or whatever, um, or whether jacking off or getting jacked off um, or jacking someone else off. That would be good. We're Facebook, Boytown Podcast. Give us a like there. We'll post some exclusive content there as well, like the video blog to Paris we did. Um, if you want to go on YouTube, my channel Shane Todd, you can see our Giggers in Paris vlog um, or wee documentary, whatever you want to call it, of the Paris trip. 
Uh, we're on Twitter at Shane Todd at the Dave Elliott, um, or is it Shane S Todd? I don't even know. Um, Boytown Podcast on on Twitter as well. So plenty of ways to get in touch. Let us know about those guests. Uh, we're going to announce some live shows coming up soon, and uh, and it's so uh, it's so good. It's so good in the hood. So thanks for listening. We will be back next week. I'm going to go football training now. I got some new boots. Like not like knee high cap boots, PVC boots or anything, just football boots. Um, so <laughs> I can't wait to wear them. Uh, guys, been emotional. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Good morning. Can't get enough eye-popping, jaw-dropping, heart-stopping reality TV. Yeah! Then head to Hey You, home of reality on demand. Stream and download the latest episodes from shows like Keeping Up with the Kardashians and The Real Housewives, same day as the US. It's like a dream come true. Or binge old faves like The Simple Life and The Hills. That's hot. Hey You, reality on demand. Get the app to start your 30-day free trial and let the binge sesh begin.